Welcome to Timely, the podcast where three friends talk about random, fun topics from the past, the present, and the future. I'm John Stom, and for the past segment, we're going to be talking about coincidences. Ooh. Oh, okay. I'm Danny Gula, and for the present topic, we're going to be playing a little game I like to call, I beg your presidential pardon? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I like it. Anything president, Any, I'm, I'm going to get on board with. Anything wordplay, I'm on board. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's about as far as the wordplay goes. I just, just okay. But you know, it'll it'll be fun still. And I'm producer Jeff McCullough talking about the future, and I'm going to be telling you guys how this pandemic that we're walking through is speeding up the future mm. and bringing the future closer to us than it's ever been. I feel like time is going slower, so I'm interested to hear how that's happening. You feel like it's slower because I feel like 2020, like as much as like. Everyone's like, oh, 2020 can't be over. Like, I feel like it happened in an instant, just in a, a wild amount of stuff happened in that instant. March, for me, March, when everything locked down, feels like three years ago. This time has crawled for me. This has been an incredibly jam-packed year that's actually made it seem longer for me, personally. It seems like a constant, like, going down a roller coaster, like the steep hill of the roller coaster, but it just doesn't stop. So it's fast, but it just keeps going. Time is weird right now. Let's let's stick with that. And I think that's kind of the the um, that's the whole thing with our podcast. Mm-hmm. We we um, investigate the weirdness of time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna change the banner. Timely, the Randomonium podcast where we investigate the weirdness of time. <laughs> yeah. With that, let's go back into the past and talk about some pretty strange coincidences. I want to give a special thanks to FAO Schwartz for sponsoring this episode and tell you guys about something that's really cool that they just launched. It's super cool, actually. Yeah. Now, if you guys are fans of learning, which I think if you listen to this podcast, you, you probably sit somewhere on that spectrum. They just launched a new program called Academy of Wonder. Now, FAO Schwartz is known for all of their in-store experiences. You can go there and see magicians and you can see people doing all kinds of tricks with the toys, puppeteers, scientists, all kinds of things. But they've also offered sorts of classes in the store that you could come in and do. Well, now, since there's been a pandemic, uh, you, not everybody can make it to New York to go to FAO Schwartz. So you can go to FAO.com and sign up for your own Academy of Wonder class. They'll send you a package that has all of the materials you'll need, the product, the toy, whatever class you sign up for, and you can sit there in a Zoom call with one of their awesome characters that will teach you magic, science, a whole slew of uh, courses to help you have fun at home and you know learn a little while you're playing. It's as if a toy store had a college and you get to go to those classes. Pretty yeah. much. And th- th- that's the reason why it works because our kids, you know, we all have kids here. Our kids have been doing remote learning. They've had to learn how to do that for the past nine, 10 months. Mm-hmm. Doing that with these awesome characters like Professor Abracadabra, Professor Atlas, but they're actually legit like STEM kits. Yeah. And r- this awesome uh, magic kit that shows you various magic tricks and all these other things. Kids are, they're acclimated now to yeah. learning virtually. Yeah but doing it in this more fun way from FAO Schwartz in New York City. When I showed my kids the commercial that we made for it, for it they were like, when can we do this? Yeah. yeah, and we were actually in New York uh, shooting some things while they were doing some tests, and it's really fun. And the characters they have presenting them are super talented and really entertaining. They'll keep you engaged. And I, I really don't think you'll be disappointed, even if you're an adult and you just are kind of into these things. Like, maybe you want to learn a little bit of close-up magic. Yeah. Take a class from Professor Abracadabra. So head over to FAO.com and sign up today for your Academy of Wonder class.
All right, guys, welcome to the past, where we are going to talk about some famous coincidences. Now, these are super interesting, and I found so many of them that uh, I actually want to, I think we should make this like a regular thing, because we could come back to this general topic a lot. There's so many weird coincidences that people have written down throughout history. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. These are historical coincidences. Some of them. Are you going to talk at all about John F. Kennedy and Abraham Lincoln? Oh my goodness. That you could do a whole segment on John F. Kennedy and Abraham Based Lincoln. Based on the look of your face, you're not. I'm not, but I, I just remembered like that there are some there connections. Are so, there no, are there's not some. There, there are, are many. Many connections. I, I don't have any of those, but that's again, there are so many coincidences that are very interesting. We could do podcasts upon podcasts about that. Coincidai. Coinky dinks. A word that I can only spell. Because we made a short film in college called Coincidence. Yeah. I had to spell it so many times. I always have to say it, Coincidence. Coincidence. That's what I think of to spell it, yeah. Yeah. We actually, speaking of that short film that we made in college called Coincidence, we should... um, and Jeff's in that, actually, briefly. I think I am a little... A a quick little part. I'm an extra, yeah. That's true. Um, I think we went back and watched it. I'm not actually in it. No, you're not. I I think your part got cut. (laughs) Yeah, because I was the director. That's why I'm not in it. Anyways... (laughs) We, we worked really hard a, a whole semester in college. Uh, our final project was this short film. We should actually put this up on Patreon. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We've got it. It's low res. It's low quality. But uh, it shows some of the potential and the things that we wanted to do. We I think we did a really good job thinking outside the box and trying to put some sort of professionalism into the horribly unprofessional world of college short films. Hey, I, th- I think it holds up. It's, it's yeah. pretty interesting. It's a good one. Okay, we'll put it up on Patreon. Check us out there. Enough of that. Coincidences. Before, before we get into my list, I wanted to actually put Jeff on the spot and have him tell us a little story. Yes, I am you, going to tell a story. You know this story. This is the best you know, coincidence. Tell him. This is a legendary story. Oh yeah, I love this story. And I'm I mean, you, you might be overselling it at that point. No, it's no, good. It's, <laughs> it's a legendary among us. Yeah, there you go. When, as, when it comes to coincidences. Yes. Yeah. All, all he has to do is say, Jeff, story coincidence. I know what he's talking yep. about. All right. I'm driving in the car to Buffalo, New York with my wife where she's from. She had to use the restroom. So we drive, we're just driving by Terre Haute, Indiana. Which is usually when she has to use the restroom. Sure. It's like three hours into the drive. We weren't hungry yet. I didn't need gas. I was like, okay, let's pull over to the closest restaurant. Happens to be Fazoli's Real Italian. Right? Right. Real Italian in the middle of Indiana. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, when you you hear Italian food, you usually think Terre Haute. Terre Haute, Indiana. Absolutely. (laughs) So anyway, we go in and like I said, didn't we weren't hungry, but I just I went in with her. She used the restroom and while I'm waiting for her, I'm standing in the like little little open foyer area where people stand in line to get their food and there is a fish bowl on a ledge with a sign above it that says drop your business card in to potentially win a free lunch cuz they draw business cards. I don't know what compelled me to do this. Some hand of the universe nudged me toward this fishbowl, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I walk over to it, had no reason to do it. I looked into it, and through the opening, I saw on a stack of hundreds of business cards, the one face up facing me was Jeff McCullough, which is my name, CPA. But you're not a CPA. Which I'm not a CPA, nor do I live in Terre Haute, Indiana. And I had shivers running down my spine. That's... <laughs> So bizarre. So now tell them the next part. What'd you do with that? Business so I card? took it. Yeah, <laughs> you took that business card. So the actual CPA Jeff McCullough had no chance of winning that free lunch at Fazoli's that day. But here's what I like to think about that story. I like to think that the reason Jeff McCullough, uh, pastor slash YouTube producer, uh, was forced over to that fishbowl was to take the card and keep 
Jeff uh, Jeff McCullough, CPA from Terre Haute, Indiana, from going to that lunch because something bad would have happened Ooh. to Jeff McCullough if he went to that lunch. That so was the hand. That was the hand of the. I universe, think you right? saved his life. Hand. Maybe I did. So, I think you still owe him a lunch. Though. If he is listening, though, Jeff from Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> Please reach out to us, and I will buy you a lunch of Fazoli's. Yes, we should. We should. If this, okay, I, I will even go further. If Jeff McCullough from Terre Haute, Indiana, is listening, we will drive to Terre Haute. Oh yeah, to yes. to, to have him lunch, lunch. Take him to lunch. Yes. Well, yeah. and we will take him to Fazoli's because I know that they're big fans of, you know, real Italian food in Terre Haute, Indiana. The only thing I think that beats Terre Haute, Indiana Italian food at Fazoli's is Montgomery, Alabama, Olive Garden food. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good. It's a deep cut. Okay, well, that story I love. Obviously, we've heard before. Um, hopefully, many of you. I don't think you've told that story. On, I've on, not. So you guys have not heard that before. Well, that one would be probably top of this BuzzFeed list that I found. So Buzz, BuzzFeed, <laughs> you know, ask their viewer or their their readers to submit, um, you know, coincidences of their own, and many of them are pretty good, uh, including this next one. But I think yours would have taken the top spot. This one's pretty good though person says years ago my uncle bought me pajamas as a christmas gift he left the gift receipt in the box and when i saw the date and time on the receipt i screamed what are the odds and it shows a picture of this receipt 12 12 2012 so december 12 2012 at 12 12 p.m whoa 12 12 12 at 12 12 my that's- first response to that is was the cash register broken <laughs> it's very possible it's that's like the time that like your clock blinks whenever the power goes out yeah 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 so it's possible yeah. that is the last time that will happen until 2101 2101 because of the it's last to be digits. 010 and it'd have to be one in the morning like uh-huh. 101 in the morning on 210 or on the first of january 2101 because that's the Oof. That's the next time you'll be able to have right. all of the numbers be the same. That was so, the last minute that that could possibly happen for 100 years. Was it on the second, years. too? It doesn't have seconds. Okay. I was wondering that if it was okay. on the second. But actually, just seeing this gave me, it reminded me of a coincidence that's happened to me, actually, speaking of 12s. Um, this was actually kind of awesome. I don't know if my kids appreciated it as much as I did because they haven't lived that long. But one time, this was in the last, during the pandemic, so it was within a few months ago, our power went out some random you know morning or something and it didn't come back on for a while but when it came back on it was blinking 12 and i didn't even notice it but then when i went back to the clock to look it was it was still blinking you know it it keeps blinking until you set it right but it was blinking like you know 142 and i looked at my clock and it was 142 so it came back on at 12 yeah the came power came back on at exactly 12 o'clock did you reset your clock no i I left it for a while that's amazing i was like like, you're the only one who would have blinking correct time Blinking correct time it's oh man it was rare that's so weird also is that bad for your display on whatever device that was to To be blinking all the time i don't know Okay, so let's move on with this list here. Hang on, I'm I, I'm concerned. Is it still blinking? <laughs> it's not still blinking. Okay. I eventually said it. I think my power has probably gone out again since then. Okay. I don't know. Okay, so have you guys ever heard of a man named George Story? No. There's a man named George Story who was born in 1936. Okay, so the you're familiar with Life Magazine. This um, a lot of our listeners probably aren't familiar. I was going to say, is that is that a well-known periodical anymore? I, I don't think so. It's probably just one of those things that's um, it's kind of 20th century. You know, it's like a hallmark of the 20th century. Everybody knew about it. Right. But anyway, Life magazine starts in 1936, their first publication. On the front cover was a picture um, of, I think, some kind of landscape or something. But then there's also someone holding a baby he's, and the caption is life begins are you looking at the picture right now well I'm, I'm looking at an article about it he's actually 
It's a photo insert in the inaugural issue. Oh, not on the cover, yeah, not yeah, on the yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm looking at it too. I actually just looked it up. Okay, while so you were the talking. baby being held. Is that, yeah, yeah. That's George's story. Okay. And the caption is Life Begins. Yes. It's sort of a reference to the magazine itself. Well, Life Magazine, again, is just kind of a hallmark of the 20th century. And like people just, you know, it, it was very popular. But as we know, not many people are really reading magazines or any kind of periodicals like that as much anymore. So in the year 2000, which is actually longer ago than I would have thought, I would have thought Life Magazine was going for, for longer than yeah, 2000. But in April 2000, Life Magazine announced that they were going to cease publication. And the next day, George Story died. Man, that is creepy. Because it, it is a picture I'm looking at in, in the first publication. In the first publication, it's literally him being held upside down, like at birth. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay, so I didn't even see the picture. I just read about yeah. this. He is being born. He is being, he is born. being born. And well, he died the next day. Yeah. So I'm reading here too. They actually... They, no, no, no. Yeah, so just to clarify, he died the next day after they ceased publication. Right, right, right. Well, after they announced it. Well, no, because he they ended up, <laughs> because he died, He the last issue of Life magazine was titled A Life Ends, and it featured his story and how it intertwined with the magazine over the years. See, and that's giving me, that is giving me chills, because what is the name of the magazine? Life. That's creepy. That's very Messed creepy. up. Yeah. It wasn't just like a coincidence. It was, I mean, it is, but it seems almost like it was, it was this magazine is about this guy. Somehow. It was about the world during his life. The world during the life of George Story. What is which happening is also right now? Really weird. The dude's name. That is. And he, and he was, he was a journalist. Was he? He was a journalist. I mean, there are some layers here. I mean, layers. he's got a very short Wikipedia article. Like, cause he's, I, I guess he's not like a, a terribly, I don't. It's hard to say. Sad to say this about a dead person, but like, I don't think he was a terribly important journalist. Like, like he's not like terribly famous, but yeah, he was a he was a journalist. He grew, became a journalist and later on a city manager. Wow, yeah, that is layers of coincidence right there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Huh. All right. So Mark Twain. Yes. Familiar Samuel Clemens. Samuel. Samuel. Oh, I was oh, forgetting Sammy. his name isn't Mark Twain. Yeah. From St. Louis. Really? Yeah, I thought. I think so. I don't know if that's true. I'm pretty sure. I think that there's a there's a kinship among people River around boats here. And, uh, he wrote about yeah all kinds because of stuff he like was that. from St. Louis. I think so too. Let's look that up while we're on the. Podcast. We have the device. Or we have the technology. What are you looking up? Mark Twain or Samuel Clemens? Uh, I mean, they're the same person. Well, I know, but I'm just curious. Well, he he was born in Florida, Missouri. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Where's Florida? Yeah, but he lived oh, most of his adult here. life in St. Louis. Yeah, well, it's in Monroe County, which is near here. Monroe. You didn't say Monroe. You said it like someone from around here. You said Monroe County. Monroe County. Um, is that not right? It's Monroe, but we around here say Monroe County. I didn't even notice that I did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, You know who he was friends with was Nikola Tesla. What? Yeah. He was buddies. That huh. makes sense. They were buddies. That is very interesting. Yep. Okay, well, Mark Twain was born in 1835, and the day he was born, or it's you know maybe right around the day he was born, was when Halley's Comet was passing by Earth. So Halley's Comet is something that I we I don't think we any of us remember what it looks like because it it happens every 75 years it passes by Earth and it's like yeah. this big spectacle, um, and uh, you can see it for a while. I think it la- I'm not sure how long it lasts in the sky, but I think a couple days maybe. It's this big thing, and it only happens every seven. It only happens every seventy-five years, and happened to be on the day that Mark Twain was born. Halley's comet was passing, and then it was it was actually well known during his life that it, it occurs every seventy-five years, and he was aware that it happened when he was born. So he sort of jokingly said, "Well, 
like toward the end of his life, he said, well, I, it would be fitting if I went out when Haley's Comet passes again. And he Babe Ruthed it. That's incredible. He died when Haley's Comet passed again in 1910. 1910? Yep. Interesting. Every 76 years. 75, 76 years. Yeah, the last one was in 1986, which means it's the year I was born. What? When did it happen? Could I Mark Twain my life? Because that'd be incredible. You want to Mark... You want to... Babe Ruth your life by Mark Twaining it? Yes, I want to Babe Ruth my life by Mark Twaining it, for sure. <laughs> 1986 was the last time that Haley's Comet passed. I, I got to find out when, when in 1986. I'm trying to season. figure out how long is it visible. Because when a comet, because you remember Hale Bopp went by in like the late 90s. Yeah. And it was visible for, I want to say, weeks. Was it? I remember looking in the southern sky and seeing the comet. It was just frozen up there. It doesn't, it's not like a shooting star. Right. That like zips through. Like it, you, you see it like, like the moon. Yeah. It's just visible for a while and then it disappears. It was flying around above the, the earth, the planet that we live on, you know, the, the one yeah, we're on earth. right now. Earth. earth. Uh huh. It was going around in earth from February till April. So, so when I was born in March, Haley's Comet wow. was flying around. I could Mark Twain my life. You really could Mark Twain your wow. life by Babe Ruthing it. My wife also born in March of '86. So yeah, interesting. Wow. So if you, I mean, you gotta, you gotta go at I gotta, seventy-five. I gotta go. I'm all right with that. I don't know, man. You're gonna die sooner than that. <laughs> I, I think, think I do. That. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm dying young. But if I don't, I want to hang out until set until 19 or what is it? 2061 is when it's coming around next. 61. That seems. Mm, I don't like the sound of that. Are you going to start like drinking really hard and doing like illegal drugs? Oh, I'll live. Then. I'll just, live real hard that last year. <laughs> last year, just if I've to made it to, to 2060, got to hit that Haley's Comet window. Yep, that first few months of 2061 <laughs> is going to be a real hard life for old man Danny. <laughs> I <Yeah>. regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's pretty. That's an amazing uh, find that you just did. I, yeah, live I, on the air. I would never know if we didn't have this discussion. I wouldn't you, have even you considered and, it. You You've, and Mark Twain. Are, yeah, man. You've always reminded me of Mark Twain. A little really? Bit. No. Cosmically connected. No. Mm, not, I, not I really. like. I'm a big fan of satire. We both have foul mouths. It's true. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have. You have lots of ideas and filled with irony. I would love to have a mustache like his. Honestly. I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> okay, let's talk about another coincidence here. Okay. Um, this one I think you guys have heard of because, especially Jeff, because you're a big presidential history fan. Do you know who died on July 4th, 1826? Yes. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. And John Adams. Both of them, founding fathers, died on July 4th, which is a very important date to America. Important date to them because they were founding fathers, and it's important that they both died because they were frenemies. They were like best friends, then like harsh enemies, and then best buddies again. Like, yeah. And it wasn't even like they died on the same date, but different years. Like they died on the same exact day. And they were writing each other. This is this is stuff I've I've come to know. They were writing each other up until the last days of their life. That's how close their friendship was. Yeah, they were saying like letters because that's what you did back then. John Adams, his last words were. Thomas Jefferson survives, not knowing, because news travels slow back then, that five hours earlier, Thomas Jefferson had actually passed away. And actually, it's a little known fact that right after he said that, he said, I regret nothing! <laughs> <laughs> uh, as he did a half As, as Haley's Comet, yeah, Comet whizzed by. Okay, so what's actually even more amazing than that, though, which you might not have known, I mean, you probably did. A couple years pass, uh, and it's now 1831, July 4th again. Do you know who dies? James Monroe. James Another Monroe. founding father. We were just talking about old Monroe. Is Monroe, Monroe, is Monroe County. County named after James Monroe? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. What's funny is I call Monroe County Monroe County, but I will say James Monroe. Because it's pronounced Monroe, but we are 
rednecks around here, so we say Monroe <laughs> County. Monroe County. You know County. what that's called whenever we reference something a minute ago and then br- it just happens to come up again? A, a coincidence. coincidence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Holy moly. Seeing a theme here. Okay, let's move along. Okay. Next and final coincidence that I have brought. There's, like I said, plenty to talk about. We'll talk about more in future episodes. This one I think is very fascinating. We're all familiar with the Archduke. How many Archdukes do you know, first of all? <laughs> I only have no one Archduke. I don't know the difference between a Duke and an Archduke. Either way, name another Archduke. Fill in the blank. Archduke what? Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand. That's the yeah, only yeah. one we know, the right? Okay. From the band. <laughs> right. Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Well known for being assassinated, unfortunately, <laughs> um, which kicked off World War One. Kicked it off. like Just, Yeah. Which, you know. America back-to-back World War champs. What uh-huh. was he? What was he the Archduke of? Do we know? <laughs> Should we not say that? Back-to-back World War champs. That's <laughs> pretty good. I love that T-shirt. That's like the best T-shirt ever. America back-to-back World War champs. It's, it's true. It's a little like America. It's guy. like the best yeah. America phraser is. Yeah. Um, okay. He he was. I can't remember who he was. Um, an arch archduke four. It had to be a, a German nation. It was right? it was it was in that Prussian area, those yeah. Eastern European nations, and Bosnia Sarajevo. Well, because the issue was it was the it was all of the like alliances that were forming right. at that time. That was the big problem. Right. Not it that was it was just, just this important guy. It's right. that he died, and he happened. And that nation had all these strong allies. It was a like, domino effect. Like, yes, yeah. he got assassinated, which caused this, and then that caused that. This country did that. That country right. did this, and it just it, it yeah. rippled out into World War One. Right. Okay. So World War, World War One happens, and um, you know it's just horrible. The whole world is at war. Lasts for many years. And then on November 11th, 1918, it's finally all over when they sign the treaties and everybody is like, okay, with not fighting anymore. They call it Armistice Day. Yeah. So Armistice Day is 11-11-18. Okay. Remember that. Because a couple years after that, uh, Archduke Ferdinand's car that he was assassinated in ends up in a museum. And um, yeah, like I said, a couple years later, nobody noticed this at first, but some tourist walking through the museum notices, hey, that license plate on that car is kind of it's kind of a coincidence that it's A111118. Armistice. Huh. Oh, 11, Armistice. 1118. 11, oh. 1118. That's... Is that a thing? Is that real? That almost seems... Isn't that weird? That's Not like... possible. That's like it was all planned. Like, whenever people make, uh, like, claims that there is... A new world order, or the uh, what is it? The with the little eye on top of the pyramid. What do they call it? Illuminati. The Illuminati, like running the show. They use things like that to be like, look, man, like they just planned this whole war because they needed this to happen. It's weird. It's really weird. It's so coincidental. Well, because people, people who are big fans of that conspiracy, they'll say that the whole reason, like. That it's NATO and it's all the things that came from World War One, World War Two. These alliances that are were to create this new world order in which the whole world is governed by one body, which is really scary to some people. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. There's a lot of photos of that assassination actually really? online. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Like of the moment. Yeah, because it was a it was a big publicity moment. There was like a parade of people and crowds yeah. and stuff like that. So there were a lot of photographers and. They started snapping away when it all was happening. There were like flyers saying Franz Ferdinand's coming, and so like they, yeah. <laughs> they sold out. Not the band. They sold out venues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are those are creepy. Uh, if we when we when we do another one of these segments on coincidai, because mm-hmm. I feel weird saying coincidences. 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 We got to do the Lincoln and Kennedy. Totally. Yeah. It's it, there's just a it's, treasure trove. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 
That's, that though. one's creepy too because they are kind of they're such related both civil rights oh, presidencies. Yeah. It's there's a lot there. Don't get me started. <laughs> we won't. We'll move on to the present. Let's go All to the right. present. <laughs> All right, so into the present, we're going to talk about some presidents for our present topic. Okay. Okay? Uh, you guys are totally ringing my bell. So this will make sense right now because right now we are at an important time. Uh, yesterday was, what do we call it? What's safe day? Harbor Day. Yesterday was Safe Harbor Day. Whatever that means anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, which basically means like that's the last day for states to certify their votes and get ready for the electoral college vote, which is next week, I believe. Yeah, the 14th. College is almost in session. College is almost in session. <laughs> so we're going through. So it's a very unique presidency this time because A, it's yet to be conceded. But B, Donald Trump is the only U.S. president in history to be a one-term president. Well, we'll see. He says it's not over yet. Don't do that to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's over. He's the only one-term president in U.S. history who has both been impeached or resigned and lost the popular vote. There is no other president in U.S. history. But those three things, mm. one-term president, impeached or resigned, and lost the popular vote, those things have happened to a total of 17 out of our 45 presidents. So we're going to play a little game. I'm going to name you a president. You tell me if they've been one-term, impeached, or lost the popular vote, or any combination of them. Okay. This might I'll, be a little easy for me because I'm pretty sure I know every one-term president. All right, well, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. I'm but do you know... All the rest of them, like who's lost the popular vote. I mean, we, we should know one of them for sure. All of us. We were involved in that one. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I'm going to name you a president and you tell me where it fits. You got it? Bill Clinton. Um, two-term president. He was a two-term president. Um, he was, was impeached. impeached. And he won the popular vote. Well, if we already know that he was a two-term president, mm -hmm. and if we already know that he was, was impeached, impeached, then... And the only question is, is did he win the popular vote? And I would say yes. I would say yes. You are both correct there. One point. All right. Gerald Ford. One-term president. Did not win the popular vote. Was not impeached. I agree with that. Are you just going to... Okay, I'm going to make John answer <laughs> I first. I said the first one first before he did that. That's last. true. <laughs> okay. You were so confident on that one. You're both right on that Sorry. one. You're both right. Um, Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson. I'll let now, you go first. I was going to say, when did this guy even serve the presidency? It gets hard because I'm looking at these pictures. I have to look up who some of these guys are because I don't recognize their pictures. Like, oh, yeah, I, don't don't, I, know, picture. I know who he is. You, you know. Of course you know. Of course I'm, I'm shooting in the dark here. Uh, so we don't, I don't even know for sure. that he, Are you not? Are you only giving us one-term presidents? They're, they're, nope. They could be a one-term okay, president, okay, okay. impeached and resign, or lost the popular vote, or any combination of two of those. I think Andrew Johnson was a one-term president who was impeached and won the popular vote. Andrew Johnson was our 17th president. He was impeached for sure. Um, he was one term. I'm fascinated that he can tell me which or who, like what Johnson was at, like where he was in the thing. Yeah, like Lincoln. I would have answered. I would have guessed um, one term president impeached and also lost a popular vote. But we know Donald but we Trump. We know Donald Trump's the first one. So I'm going to say he didn't lose a popular vote. Very good. You, you 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 took that one. Yeah, yeah. He was impeached and he was a one-term president. 
was no, was he was he the one who took over after Lincoln was shot? Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. Did you know that? No. Okay, we we should know that. That's a big that's a big one, right? Yeah, I guess. That's so. part of the Kennedy Lincoln coincidence. Right. Oh, they yeah, both yeah, had yeah, vice yeah, presidents yeah, yeah. who took yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good thinking there. Foreshadowing. Um, good thinking, Lincoln. Mm. Good thinking, Lincoln. Let's go to good shot. John Quincy Adams, not John Adams. Mm-hmm. John Quincy Adams. Q. His son. His son. You want me to go first or you want to go first? I'm literally blindly guessing at this point, so I don't know how interesting <laughs> this is, but I'm going to say... You go first. JQA was a one-term president who was impeached and won the popular vote. I'm going to say he definitely was not impeached. I believe he was a one-term president, though. Um, and I guess that means he he probably lost the popular vote. Uh, he was he was he lost the popular vote and he was a one-term president. Which is what I said. Yeah, yeah. So you you got it right. So okay. you're good. Um, we all I, and you guys should get this one. This is an easy one because this gets brought up a lot right now. George W. Bush. George W. Dubs. Bush. George Dubs. Not a term president. Not impeached. Not impeached and and lost, lost the, popular the popular vote. vote. Yeah, he is one of two presidents who is just lost, just flat out lost the popular vote. And that's only the first time around. Second time around, yeah. he won the popular vote. Yeah, and then his father. George H.W. Bush. One-term president, not impeached, won the popular vote. Yeah, that's, I, I, I find that one super interesting that there are two George Bush presidents who sit in this like circle. This is a Venn diagram I'm actually looking at. It's a, it's a really good-looking Venn diagram. Yeah, I mean, I've, one thing that I find interesting, speaking of the present, is that this is the first time we've had a one-term president since I was my son's age, who's 10. Wow. So it's been 30 years. It doesn't happen that often. No, it doesn't. It's, it's pretty Well, it, it, it does. It just hasn't. So like you get into the, the 1970s, we had a few one-term presidents. True. You go back into the early 20th century, there were some one-term Well, it's, it's, it's only it's only 13 out of the all 45 presidents that have been one-term presidents. True. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a majority that's, of them. Well, that's a third. That's a good chunk of them, though. But yeah. that, those numbers could be skewed, too, because technically Grover Cleveland was a one-term president twice. Because Benjamin Harrison. That was the trick one that I was actually about to pull on you next was Grover Cleveland. Okay. He was a a one-term president. One-term president, technically twice. So he didn't didn't get re-elected in succession. He was not impeached. Yeah. Um, and he probably won the popular vote. Yeah, I mean, he, there's no no telling. Donald Trump could come back in four years and win again. So. He could. He could, That's but true. he would still be considered a one-term president because he, even though he didn't ser- serve them consecutively. So yeah, he. I mean, I guess you can't lose the second time around. That's the interesting part about Grover Cleveland is like he lost the popular vote the first time around, oh. at, like his first re-election. Like he's a one-term president, and then he became the. Like I mean, he lost the election. Like he lost the election sure. the first time around, and then you can't rerun again because you can only get two terms. But then at that point, Grover Cleveland, there, the term li- before- term limits weren't added until the nineteen forties. Uh, yeah, so Grover Cleveland could have run again the the next time, and I don't know he if he did. Have. Did he? Do you know? I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and look. Because after Cleveland uh, would have been William McKinley, and I think Mc- whoever McKinley ran against, he spanked them heartily. So I don't think he ran again. I'll wrap this up here. And the thing, the reason I think this is so interesting as a topic now is, yeah, we are having this conversation. Is Donald Trump going to run again in four years? Majority of Republicans say they would support him doing it. Donald Trump says, yes, I'm doing it again. So it seems like it's inevitable unless there's some major outside factor. We all get to experience Donald Trump again in four years. Get to? I mean, yeah, we get to. I mean, we, we, or we have to? Yeah. We have to. It's something. It's going to be an experience, to say the least. But the strangest part for me out of all of this and everything that's going on right now is this is the only time in history that there's been this much objection to the results of the presidency. 
of the, to the results of the election that it's gone on in this way. Like there's been, this is the most litigated election in history. Mm-hmm. Nobody has thrown up as many like this didn't happen. I need to challenge this. I need this never happened nearly as much. And he is the only president in U.S. history that has been impeached, lost a popular vote, and is now a one-term president. So objectively, you should look at that and be like, no, this makes sense that he's not going in. But still, a lot of people are buying into this story that it's fake and it's rigged. So it's important to kind of always look at, this is why I love history so much, because you can look at history and you can learn from it. It's like, okay, we if we just look at the patterns of people, like it should be pretty obvious to us all. Like he lost, let's move on. As we eye the future segment of this podcast, Ooh. might I pr- prognosticate here? I don't think there's any chance he runs again in four years. And let oh. me tell you why. Because of the way this man is wired, he is he looks more in his mind powerful to live out the rest of his days in defiance than to potentially put himself in a situation to lose again. But do you think he would stick through like do you think if he lost again he would just do what he's doing right now and claim it was rigged and he could still it's a way to lose but still claim victory i don't know i've, I've stopped trying to figure the guy out and to be quite honest with you and you guys know this i called it in 2012 that there was no chance that he was going to win the uh, election and i was very wrong there so we've I think what do i know i think that's safe to say all right sorry in 2016 yeah i think it's safe to say he is the most surprising president we've had in history like he there's it's a wild card really like we have no idea how to predict it i think i'm learning i don't like surprises (laughs) (laughs) i I mean there is something to be said for like people have been talking about 2020 is like i'm tired of living in a history in the middle of a historic event but like we are in the middle of several historic events and to sit down think about them is what's going on this is something that will be discussed for years and years and years of american history yes 2020 speaking of which they'll probably discuss that in the future Yes. Gentlemen, it's 2020. Are you ready for the future yet? I'm yes. ready. I'm ready. I'm re- I'm so ready for yeah. the future. What if I told you that the events of 2020 have expedited the coming of the future? You mean like the end of the world? No. I See, would that's that. You're... you're future is very dystopian as we have all discovered on this podcast I, I mean i would i think you need to rephrase that our future is really dystopian we all share the same future okay or uh <laughs> what if all of the bad things that have happened this year might actually lead to good things in our near future mm. let me just cut to the chase here <laughs> I was um, like, i'll believe it when i see so it. prior to the pandemic Um, The world was chugging along and didn't want to break its stride. And we've even talked on this podcast how certain things are now being embraced that people were kind of apprehensive or had reservations about embracing, for instance, doing remote learning in schools, wearing masks, masks, things of that nature. Um, There is a group out of, I believe, California who came up with this amazing idea that they couldn't quite get off the ground. They're a real estate development company that because of the pandemic are now in high demand and could potentially be blueprinting the future of American cities mm. across the land. Oh. And this this would be a carless society. Yes. Yes. Now just think about this for a minute. I'm ready for this. I hate cars. So much of the dirt in our country, whether you're talking about out in the middle of nowhere or in like we've, we've spent a lot of time this past six months in Manhattan, it's pavement right and concrete and yeah. asphalt for our cars to drive on park on whatever 
this company, um, I believe they're called um, Cul-de-Sac. They're starting with building a 17-acre carless neighborhood where there are no streets. There's no roads. Okay. All you have are a series of buildings, sidewalks, and courtyards. And in this large neighborhood, there's going to be apartment buildings. There's going to be grocery store. There's going to be places where you can get your dog groomed. All this yes. other stuff. They'll have like it's a full on society. Full on little society. They'll have uh, awesome shareable scooters and bikes. Yes. <gasps> you walk everywhere. That's great. They, yes. There'll even be a school. Why not? Okay. This, this is the cool thing about this. There are people who live in San Francisco, New York City, Austin, Texas, who are now moving into they want to live in this neighborhood because of the pandemic their companies have transitioned to a remote yeah. system you don't need a car where you don't yeah. need a car you don't need to go into the office you can work this job from wherever you want yeah that's beautiful uh, one big question i have though what about like what if you have to walk far enough i guess if you don't have to walk that far maybe it doesn't matter but like what about weather what if it gets really cold and rainy and snowy and sleeting and stuff and you have to walk sure. to the grocery store how are you going to do that how are you going to carry home a bunch of grocery bags if you don't have now this is in arizona that's okay. where they're piloting okay this. that being said yeah. they are they are experimenting with ways that because they're not having to maneuver around these these wide roads mm -hmm. you could provide weather covered um walking areas yeah, like, yeah or small small trans like i've seen um kind of like um basically bikes like oversized bikes that kind of have coverings on them sure yeah i saw this, carrying like wagons and stuff yeah i saw a bike in japan that it was literally just a like a bike it was like a three-wheeled bike and it was just big enough for one person it had a very small trunk it basically just unfolded you got in it and you folded this shell around you and then you could ride your bike mm. so the cool thing about this whole concept this is actually touching on something that we are kicking around the idea of making a video on our Randomonium YouTube channel about how the interstates have killed a lot of yeah. really cool towns yeah. in America, including the one that we live in. Yeah. And the reason why is convenient as cars are, and as much as it shrunk the world and the fact that you could go places you couldn't previously go, it also sort of took away the community living. Yeah. Like the whole idea of like where we live in Belleville, Illinois, you would have a main street with all the stores that you needed, whether they be grocery, clothing, furniture, on one street. Entertainment, dining. Entertainment, dining, all that. And that's where people would go. And, and you lived around it. You did. And there would be like transportation to get to the downtown area. And you didn't need a car. You could either walk, you could take the trolley, you could take a bike, however you wanted to do it. Yeah, um, people did do walk in inclement weather. They just brought an umbrella. So they would still need transportation between cities yeah. and that even this whole concept would have that it would be next to either light rail that you could go into other mm -hmm. parts of a metropolitan area or it might even be next to rivers railroad mm -hmm. or even yeah. interstates for like deliveries whenever right. deliveries are taking place between two different cities but this whole concept is also now moving to they're they're thinking big at this point because there are so many people right. who are saying i would live in a place like that they want to create the first carless not just neighborhood city in america that would yes. be incredible i would absolutely love that I, in theory i would like to live there uh but even just visiting would be fun like yeah that would be a fun little vacation to be like look we're gonna go somewhere where we get a hotel room and we don't have to drive we, anywhere we, we just walk going. everywhere everything's around us that'd be super cool well i mean that's what we do when we go to new york i mean granted mm -hmm. there's sometimes when we we take cabs and we get ubers and stuff because we have to get to the airport and stuff but if that city was set up in that way we wouldn't have to worry about it and i mean I lived in Chicago for like five years and I didn't own a car and it was amazing. 
because that city was made to be really walkable. So there's not that much work you'd have to do to even retrofit existing cities to be this way. Right. Really. Almost just taking out the hurdle of streets and cars, just taking it out of the equation, because that is kind of an annoyance for pedestrians. Right. You have to like crosswalks and it's kind of dangerous and you know, yeah. there's pollution, all sorts of stuff that are just like an annoyance in the middle of Manhattan. Well, as things like you know, self-driving cars, flying uh, drones, autonomous drones, like they're already testing those for like cabs. You could have a drone take you in and out of your city. Like there could be small little drone checkpoints where like, okay, I need to leave and go to the doctor, which is in another city. I'm going to get in this drone. It's going to take me to the parking garage, to my car, which yeah, is I'm, outside of the city. What if it doesn't have to be mass transit in the sense that you're getting on a large bus with a lot of other people? What if you've got a system of transit that maybe would be car size that goes let's let's say you do have a neighborhood in this carless area without streets but you could go to a point where you and your family could get in a pod of some sort and it takes you where you need to go right yeah there's yeah. definitely a really easy way to do that i mean not easy because it's going to take a bunch of work but i mean there's a there's a way to do that for yeah. sure I, i'm autonomous in. cars i'm i'm sold man i'm sure there are there's still plenty of people that love to drive and driving it, it can be fun i think driving will become more of like a recreational activity than yeah. a necessity. Right. Well, and I don't think that, like, I think when everybody thinks about, like, oh, driving, like, you think about the picturesque, like, oh, I'm driving through the country, rolling hills, or I'm driving up the coast, and, like, all this experience. I don't think it's the act of driving the car that everybody's thinking about. Now, some people are, like, if they're driving, like, Riding. fancy cars, like, shifting them and, like, racing them around, but that's not responsible. We shouldn't be encouraging that behavior. But, like, you're thinking of just the experience. So getting in an autonomous vehicle to take you up the river road would be fine. I just, there's two, like, massive benefits to this. Other than it being just a cool way to live. The two massive benefits that deal directly with problems in our world right now. One is, what is that going to do to the carbon footprint when future mm -hmm. generations are not reliant on fossil fuels and cars and gasoline and all that other stuff? So that's a huge, yeah, that's a huge progressive leap forward in dealing with the contributions that are being made towards climate change. Um, the second thing too, and again, this is something that we've talked about and we're even kicking around the idea of doing a video for it, is how much community is lost when we are all so autonomous that we live in our homes, we get in our own personal cars, we go where we want to go. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't even have to look at anybody. You just do what you want to do and you stay completely cut off from everybody. Yeah. In a situation like this, you're forced to have a more communal and community feel for where you live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's something that the world had for a long time that uh, cars caused there to be a disruption in. I think people by nature crave that community right. and that sense mm -hmm. of um, belonging in a, in a neighborhood. And, and yeah, I think the, the screens and the cars and the isolation has, it's been, um, you know, it's convenient in a lot of ways and it solves some problems, but yeah, the, the end result has been isolation and the opposite of community. And I think this is where, you know, nine, 10 months into this pandemic, we can and need to start thinking in more hopeful terms, not, and we've talked about this a lot. I think we talked about this in a previous uh, podcast episode, not let's be optimistic about life going back to normal. But let's be hopeful and optimistic. And we have learned some things by going through this pandemic that are going to move us forward in a way that we wouldn't have moved forward had we not gone through this pandemic. Yeah. And the kicker for this one is more companies and corporations are now more comfortable than they've ever been allowing their people to work remotely. Yep. 
Yeah. It's definitely going to shift some things and there's going to be some fallout for sure. You know, you, you think things like commercial real estate will will struggle for a while. Like, you know, all kinds of industries are going to struggle. But like that's that's always been a thing. When when cars came out, the horse and buggy industry was, you know, rocked. When uh, records came out, the sheet, sheet music industry, which was the primary way to uh, distribute pop music, was destroyed. When streaming music came out, the record industry was kind of destroyed. Right. So there's they had to adapt. You you have to blow off the old to build something new. Essentially, mm-hmm. you can't you can't always just keep trying to build off of what's not working yeah. when you've something, got something new. Yeah, something that I'm really looking forward to going away, which maybe I've mentioned at some point, um, that drives me crazy is the gigantic sizes of parking lots. Oh yeah, um, because there's all these uh, legal you know, requirements for, it's based on the square footage of the building. So you look at like a super target or whatever, they're massive buildings or these these huge warehouses, like they're, they're so big square footage wise that they're legally required to have so many parking spaces and they're never full. Like mm-hmm. you go by never. that target by us, um, you know, up, it's on a major intersection, very popular target, like never, not even during the peak Christmas season, the parking lot might be half full. Yep. And what really upsets me is how, uh, something that I've noticed recently is I've myself for other reasons been looking at real estate how how many commercial buildings are built because someone had a ton of money mm-hmm. but they did not care yeah. 30 years from now right. they just didn't care that's somebody else's problem yeah. I want to build this building I can make money off it right now so what you then get is you have these old gigantic dilapidated storefront you know strip plaza malls. area strip malls with these broken up parking lots that nobody has anything to do with so then it just becomes this like giant blighted mm-hmm. area of concrete and and that's that's unfortunate because somebody's got to now deal with that and clean that up and yeah we got to find out what to do with our shopping malls right like they're all closing what do we do with those that's tons of real estate across america it's tons of real estate yeah. it's ton of tons of space like and like it's just it's t- too many resources for things that aren't working so maybe we've just gotten too big We've sprawled so much that if we get back into a smaller community, let's have smaller stores. Mm-hmm. Let's have like, don't have to have parking lots so we can take up a smaller footprint. Let's like not have to be as big as we once were and do things on a smaller scale. We yeah, can, we think, can do more things online. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. I was thinking what you just said, like the, the sprawl, I think getting big is kind of part of what we just kind of have to do as we grow, like cities grow, but we can go up, we can go vertically. Yeah skyscrapers yeah. and taller buildings we don't have to spread out so far like you can also go down you can go down there's plenty of room below us yeah, yeah. This, gotta watch out for the mole people the secret society of the mole secret people. society of mole people can mess you up but you know back on your like what happens if it's raining and walk, like i remember one of my favorite things about downtown chicago was showing people who didn't know it was there the pedway like there's an underground tunnel system in chicago where you can walk around a lot of downtown chicago and not ever see the snow in the winter yeah Yeah, that's there's a lot of creative ways to get around some of these newer problems but i think in general that's a really good idea that Mm -hmm. i think uh would be would benefit us all so check out um it's called check out cul-de-sac tempe as in tempe arizona t-e-m-p-e and they've got like store, not storyboards. What's it called? They've got like concept, concept art, art yeah. and all these other things that show what it's going to look like. It it looks fascinating, and I could very much see a lot of neighborhoods slash cities slash you know who knows maybe even larger areas than that uh, investing in something like this. That's awesome. Yeah. Tempe, Arizona. I hear they have a really good Olive Garden there. Oh, <laughs> some <yeah>. excellent <laughs> yeah. Italian food. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's yep. where I take my Italian grandma. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, well, before we go, I want to give our listeners of our podcast here a little sneak peek. You guys listening um, have made it to the end of the podcast, but before you go, you're going to get a little a little preview of something we're launching very soon. Um, we are, we're getting ready to launch a, a YouTube, a second YouTube channel. Yeah. Besides Randomonium. Second one. This is a big deal. It's all for this podcast. Yay. So Timely is getting its own YouTube channel where we're going to post, at least in the beginning, we're going to post clips, video clips from us recording this podcast. So you'll get to you know, see, uh, hopefully with... Um, you know, multiple cameras and whatever, just see how we how we record this thing. So it should be fun to watch and um, and share with your friends more of in a, a bite-sized format. Yeah, so, and in the meantime, until we start doing that content, because that's going to launch officially in 2021. Mm-hmm. But until then, we're putting up some old podcast clips. Actually, before we did our official launch of Randomonium, we used to upload clips from the podcast, video clips from the podcast to that channel. But we also used to do bonus clips. So there's a couple clips on there that aren't, actually things you could even hear on this podcast if you're just listening you'd have to go to the youtube channel to find them and we're going to put those on that channel now early so anybody who early signs on and wants to go watch can can see them this podcast is one of the one of our most favorite things to do and it just makes sense for us to show you because you get a little different flavor of what we're all about in the podcast than you do on the randomonium channel because randomonium it's just all about wild ideas and all this other stuff but just hanging around as friends is really the majority of our life mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're you're hanging out with us and i think it's gonna be fun to bring that to youtube definitely so what you're gonna need to do if you haven't done it already and and seen it before we announced it look at the show notes of this episode and there's a, a secret link there that we are not going to be releasing to the public um, because it will take you to the uh the brand new timely youtube channel and we're um, you, you guys will be one of the first to subscribe. We're trying to get that channel to 100 subscribers before we really talk about it, because then we can get the custom URL, you know, time, Timely Podcast or whatever it's going to be called. So you guys will be probably the first under 100 subscribers, and um, and we'll be putting clips there pretty soon. Yep. So. All right. Well, we're glad everybody was with us, and we will see you next time on the Timely Podcast. See you.